Hey friends, has your faith become just a little stale? Maybe you feel like you're going through the motions just trying to check off the faith boxes each week. Our guest today shares how he discovered a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus that he didn't even know he could have. Maybe you'll relate. You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 351, Matt Fagioli and Beyond Checkbox Faith. Hey friends, welcome back to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I'm your host, Eric Nevins. Thank you so much for joining us. So grateful that you have. I know there's a lot of podcast options out there. Uh, I know because I help a lot of those people uh, produce their shows and get them get them going. And you have a lot of chances to download a lot of things, but you're here. I'm glad you are. We're going to do our best to give you a great conversation today. In fact, I know it's going to be a good one. If you want to help, you want to support, two things you can do. One's free. One, one's just very, very little minimal. You can always tell a friend, hey, this is a, this conversation I heard, this story I heard. I want you to listen to it. Tell a friend, tell a family member, send a text. I don't care. It will help out. That's how we grow. Best compliment you can give us. And second, go to halfwaytherepodcast.com. You can hit that Patreon button. That's where you can just support the show. $5 a month, $10 a month. Helps keep uh, all the the lights on, as they say, all the things that we have to do and and uh, like posting and whatnot to uh, to keep it keep it running for the year. So we appreciate those of you who do that uh, very much. Okay, let's dive straight into our conversation. I'm excited about this one. Our guest, he's a coach, consultant, a serial entrepreneur. You know, I love my entrepreneurs. His company is called Certain Success. And he works with business owners and entrepreneurs to help them grow amazing Christ-centered businesses, which I absolutely love because I think Christ-centered and businesses wholeheartedly should go together uh, while becoming as closely as possible uh, exactly what Jesus intended for them to be. Yes and amen. Our guest is Matt Fagioli. Matt, welcome to Halfway There. Thanks, man. I'm glad that you're here and uh, very very interesting, all those things that you're you're talking about and that you're doing, obviously broad brush strokes. So tell us a little bit more about who you are and where God has you right now. Sure. Cool. Um, well, uh, I mentioned I'm 55. So, uh, you know, getting into the second of my third, uh, periods of life, I think, uh, my, my goal is 125. That's a conversation we could have. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I've been a Christian for only 20 years, which, you know, is so in my thirties was kind of old by uh, standards of, you know, people accepting Christ, but was raised Catholic, kind of fell away uh, and had a, you know, pretty significant uh, Christ experience in my thirties and uh, spent the last 20 years wrestling with, you know, what does it look like to run a business and be a business owner and live in the world and be a Christian? And I guess that's not dramatically different than anybody's uh, wrestling as a Christian maybe, but um, the, uh, yeah. but you know, the, the particular rigors of being a business owner, I think bring its own flavor to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really fascinating because I mean, that really is the sort of the definition of the Christian life, right? Re- wrestling with how to figure out all the things that we do in life that we, that we must do. How do we do them? What we might say in a Christian way, in a Christ-like way. I was sharing with my podcasting group last night, uh, this quote from Dallas Willard, where he says, uh, you know, the goal of discipleship is to become who, you know, who Christ would be if he were you, basically. I'm I'm butchering it a little bit, but that's the idea. And I love that idea. So it sounds like you've been working on that through business because you're a business guy and trying to figure out how do I do this Christianly, if I, for lack of a better word. 
Yeah, I think, you know, um, like a lot of people, and and I, you know, I talk about, I've got a book coming out. I talk about this a lot in the book. It's, you know, um, I, I think I represent a big, huge swath of the Christian community where you, you know, you have a significant, genuine experience of um, uh, inviting Christ into your life. And then sort of the world gets in the way and it sort of fades and it's, you know, the, the seed that's on the path and all of that. And, and so, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of all that stuff. And then uh, in, in God's kindness, he sort of, uh, because I went looking, uh, came back and just grabbed me in an even bigger mm. way about a year ago. And, um, and so I've just yeah. been on this wild roller coaster with him and, uh, and which has led to a lot of these changes in business and, and direction of my path and sort of not only much more committed in my own faith, but, uh, committed in the next season of my life to, um, help a million entrepreneurs, not, not just entrepreneurs, a million Christians. I'm very focused and my heart is for entrepreneurs, but, uh, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to help a million Christians or something like that. Um, yeah. to, you know, maybe, uh, not step on some of the landmines that I have. Yeah. Love that. Okay. So I'm really fascinated by that story and about these inflection points for you. Those are the things that really drive me. So I want to talk about those. Well, but I want, first I want to go way back, right? So mm -hmm. you mentioned you grew up Catholic, uh, which is interesting. So how, where did you grow up? Where were you from? I grew up in the Philadelphia area. I went to, uh, Right. Went to Catholic school all the way up, wore the the tie and the blue pants, and uh, and then I went to all boys Catholic high school at LaSalle College High School. Thank you to the Christian brothers who are very very cool uh, that run that facility. Wow, interesting. Okay, so for those of our friends, a lot of my friends, a lot of our listeners, you know, probably more evangelical context. I'm guessing didn't wear a uniform, didn't didn't do that. What was cat? Was the Catholic school uh, experience like for you? Not great, not great. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but you know, the it comes with a, a lot of rules, right? Uh, as just Catholicism yeah. in general, and and uh, but so for me, like a lot of people, as I got into you know college and adulthood, uh, you know, I sort of strayed away from that and had never really had what uh, evangelicals would consider a relationship with Christ and, and, and now yeah. what I consider to be a, you know, real relationship with Christ. And so, uh, yeah, I didn't find that again until I had kids and I was in my thirties and I was trying to bring my kids back to, Hey, I, I want my kids to experience God. And, um, yeah, happily he decided to grab me in the process. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to get to that story in a, in a few moments, but that's, it's really interesting this idea growing up, did you, what was your conception of God? So if you, if you had a whole ton of rules, was, did that shape how you saw God as a, as a kid? Yeah, that's right. I think that, um, you know, I, I want, I, I'm always careful, uh, not to, I'm not down on Catholicism because I know, sure. I know lots of devout Catholics that have amazing relationships with Christ, but in the, the world that I was raised in, I never, never saw that kind of uh, authenticity and devotion. I saw lots of rules and, you know, I described it in my book as, you know, mostly about kneeling and standing. Right. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of things to do. Did you get any Bible education in that also? I did. And I think that that, um, you know, certainly came back to me and as an adult when, uh, you know, in my thirties, like I said, when I sort of, you know, mm. went intentionally looking for Christ as an adult, 
Um, it, it was uh, very helpful to me to have had, you know, the background that I did for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. One more question I want to ask about that. Cause I don't know a whole lot uh, about what the spiritual climate is like in um, Philadelphia. So like, I could see sort of Catholic maybe, but was there any other kind of like maybe in your family or maybe just in that area, like markers that you would go, Oh, that's really kind of how faith is perceived in that area. Um, I guess what I would say about that is that, um, uh, it had lots of expectation with the time and the location that I grew up in, everybody went to church um, and pretty much everybody was, I mean, not every, you know, everybody, but the significant percentage of the population was Catholic, um, oh, yeah. in the same way that, uh, in the South where I live, I live now, lived in the South now m- most of my life. And, um, you know, where there's, you know, significant Baptist population, et cetera, in the South and the same kind of, you know, stereotype, I would say is attached to Catholicism in the North. Interesting. Yeah. I've never connected those two before, but that's an interesting connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So you grew up, did, what was your connection like? I want to hear in just a second, your story about wh- how you found Christ, but what was your sense of God between growing up and being in your thirties when you found Christ? You know, I would not thinking a whole lot about it. You know, I guess I, uh, I don't mm-hmm. think I ever came to the conclusion right or wrong that, that there was no God or anything like that. It just was not on my radar. Um, you know, and, um, and then, like I said, my, you know, I had, I was, uh, interestingly very, very successful in my life. Uh, what, well, what I was going to get at is that I feel like a lot of people who, um, find their way to a true relationship with Christ, especially later in their life, a lot of them have kind of hit a bottom or had a problem or it's like something's driven them mm-hmm. to their knees. Um, I actually had the, the opposite experience. Uh, which I have heard from other people where I was, you know, at a really high in my life, super high in my career and my marriage and my, you know, had had the big house and like everything was great. Yes. It was more of a, like, there must be something more kind of, kind of moment uh, inflection point to use your uh, vernacular. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I had, had young kids. And like I said, I really think my primary motive, there was a little bit of, Hey, there's something more and I'm going to go looking for it. Um, but there also, there's this sense of, I mean, I really like my kids to have an experience of what God is and, you know, learn, learn yeah. the Bible, all that stuff. And what, what drove that? Uh, I think just, you know, my upbringing, right. I had been, uh, you know, because I had been brought up that way and sort of thought, well, this is foundational and never came to the you know thought anything other than, you know, uh, Christianity is important and the Bible is important, but it was important in a, you know, you should go on Sunday, particularly on Easter kind of way. Oh yeah. Interesting. Okay. So you were at a, you, when you had kids, you were like, Hey, look, they need to probably have the same foundation that we had. Yeah. And so even if it's not really relevant for the rest of your life, like you need to at least have that kind of as a worldview shaper. Yeah, I think, and I, you know, I guess you could say that it was important enough to me that, like I said, I, I might, I might make it on Easter and stuff like that, you know, sure, which yeah. represents lots of people. Um, but then when you, you know, you hit that moment where you're, you know, jump off the cliff, ready to commit to to Christ, and it becomes becomes everything instead of just something you might do a couple times. Yeah. All right. So how did you? What happened for you? So you started wanting to go for your kids. Like, how did that become a personal experience for you? 
Well, so I, I started going, I was telling other friends that, uh, you know, uh, that I was looking for a church, where should I go? Where do you go? Um, at that point I hadn't been going at all living in, and I was living in Atlanta by now, by this point, married and kids, all that. And, um, so a friend brought me to, uh, uh, an evangelical, uh, church called 12 stone in Atlanta, one of the biggest churches in Atlanta, actually one of the biggest churches in the country now. And, um, um, very cool place, amazing worship, very friendly, very casual. I felt, you know, tremendously at home, met some great people the very first day I was there. Um, and, um, you know, that was even before I brought my kids, but, you know, I went, uh, pretty much every Sunday for a good year, listening to the pastor, the way I describe it is sort of listening to the pastor with my with my brain and, you know, a sort of intellectual level, like, what do I think of this guy? What do I think of his story? How does he present all that? And yeah, about a year into that, I sort of came to, to realize, realize that, wow, there's no holes in this story. And um, maybe this, maybe this is a, is a bigger, there's a bigger picture here and started to really, you know, um, you know, tiptoe towards the the cliff and somewhere, somewhere around the end of that first year, uh, you know, I said, man, I'm in, I was, you know, baptized and the whole, the whole nine wow. went through a very uh, sophisticated 12 month discipleship program in the, in the year or two after that. And um, so, yeah, I did, you know, did all, all of it, all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you, it sounds like though it was kind of gradual for you over about a year or so where you were like, okay. And then finally, tipped over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I was sort of at the height of my career and my life. And so like, you know, I, I was attending and I was like, oh, this feels good on Sunday. And, you know, started like that. And after a while I was like, oh, whoa, this whole, you know, real relationship with the living Christ, something that I really didn't know at all in my whole life, um, you know, finally, finally hit home. Yeah. Was there a like, so as you started to develop your own relationship with Christ, what was that like? Were, were there any sort of experiences that you had that went, went along with that? Well, uh, I talked to my, my, my next door neighbor is a pastor and a worship pastor and, and, uh, was the worship pastor in, in that church for 20 years. And, um, you know, we talk about this a lot, how, you know, the, the front door for me was, was worship for sure. And, mm. uh, and I think that's true for a lot of people, um, to have that, uh, you know, uh, heart experience, emotional experience, um, which of course there's levels of worship much deeper than that, that I, that I know sure. now, but didn't understand then. And so I would say, you know, that was probably the the biggest piece of it. And then we have an amazing pastor who's, you know, uh, you know, incredibly talented. His delivery is amazing. And of course, you know, and, and, and more than that, um, you know, I learned over, over those first few years that, uh, I was and became enough of an insider to see the the private prayer and the the true depth of uh, the way uh, you know Christ literally was in the you know at the center of every single thing in that church and still is as far as I uh, see. So um, you know it was just all there, an unbelievably real, authentic. You know, like I said, I sort of I, I see no breaks in this. And I guess to compare that, not only to my early experience, but to millions of Christians or people who have, who have had an experience of, 
of Christianity and they, you know, for right or wrong, they touch a bunch of humanity that looks flawed and they come to the conclusion, well, like if this is what Christianity is, then maybe not. And so, you know, I was lucky enough to be in in a season mm-hmm. and in an experience where there was just some amazing Christians and I saw none of that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is helpful. Right. Cause that kind of sets your feet on at least you get this, a chance to set your feet on like the foundation of scripture and w- the beliefs instead of wondering, is this even true? If these people can't live it out. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole meeting. Right. But you know, I think, I think it's <laughs> generally under, you know, that's the thing is it's, we as Christians are, you know, have to carry it in a way that, um, that rings true or, it's not helpful to the people around us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's good. Okay. So you find Christ, you start going into all this, you're learning a ton, you're diving straight into the discipleship program. And I'm assuming that was some scripture, some basic, um, probably exegesis and learning how to interpret scripture and some basic theology, things like that. Um, Uh, so this was, uh, this was all, uh, men, um, it's called Joshua's men. And so it's a, it's just a really, uh, deeply structured 12 month small group basically with, you know, uh, reading a book a month and, you know, things like celebration of discipline and, you know, really, mm-hmm. oh yeah some really, that's good. Some heavy, some heavy meat, man. And, uh, yeah. And then, um, there's another big turning point in my life. So, uh, one of the things I mentioned about my career in my notes to you is that, um, I've, uh, been a, professional speaker for a lot of those 20 last 20 years, built 150 conferences, done all this public speaking. And, uh, but at that point I had done zero and part of that discipleship program, you had to, uh, create and deliver a sermon in front of everybody else in that peer group, plus all the pastors and, uh, and and do a couple other things like recite the Gettysburg address and whatever. But at the time I was parrot, like scared to what? death to do that. And, um, uh, and then yada, yada, 20 years later, um, you know, talk about, uh, discovering your identity, uh, 20 years later, I've spent, you know, a lot of time as a, as a professional speaker. So pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Very cool. All right. So take us from there. You, you start doing this, then what, what was kind of the next, I'm guessing you started applying this to your your life and your business, but what, what was, uh, what was the next, uh, step for you? Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm a little bit of a freak. I'm sort of an all or nothing dude. And, uh, so I was like, uh, I gotta quit my job. I gotta sell my house. Uh, you know, I'm not sure I'm married to the right person. <laughs> like, you know, everything needs to change, you know? And, uh, luckily, uh, you know, God and some pastors talked me off the cliff of the wife thing. I've been married for almost 32 years to my amazing bride. And, um, I say that half in jest, but I was, you know, at, at a point where I was like, man, you know, I want to change everything. And, uh, and I, mm, and I, yeah. I did sell my house and, and downsize and, and I did change careers and I, I did all of those things in, in a response to, um, you know, that, you know, significant moment. Yeah. So you were wanting to just adjust everything. You were like, okay, this changes everything. This changes my whole life. Yeah. I, I flipped it all around, man. And, uh, you know, built a new career, um, in an effort to have more time with my kids and, and not only that, but, you know, following what at the time I was like, this is, this is where my heart is. I'm going to do what my heart 
um, you know, what I think God's, you know, um, put on my heart to do. Um, and, you know, part of that was the, you know, be more conservative financially, you know, shrink the house down, all that stuff. And, and then, um, and, and at the time my, my wife, uh, was, was not a Christian and hadn't accepted Christ and was not really with me yet on that journey, but she followed right behind and subsequently hmm. found her faith and, and it's had a, you know, Oh, that's I mean, an un, unimaginably huge uh, impact on our our marriage and everything else, and so for sure. I love that. I think that's really interesting. I I don't know that this is something I've ever heard somebody say, uh, but it's fascinating that this is something you you went through is wanting to change everything, even your wife, right? Like like we gotta we gotta just change everything, right? Yeah. Like. Wow. Well, but then, me, so, but then God shows what, up. Right, what and I, does, what and, I said after that is the thing is that I had accepted Christ and I'm a believer. And now I'm like, man, my wife is not a believer. Right. Is that something that I can, can live with? And, um, so interesting conversation because I mean, obviously now it's amazing and it's decades later and yeah, yeah. God's transformed our whole lives. But, um, but in that, in that moment, you know, again, I had, great human beings and pastors around me who, who, you know, gave me great counsel <laughs> like, of like, you know, God, God gave you that wife for a reason. And, um, and you know, yeah. Amazing things came from all that. Right. Right. Okay. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting. I was it's a, uh, I think it says a lot about, about you as like, Hey, I'm, I'm all in and I'm, I'm and I'm like, we're going to, we're going to completely change. And, uh, but it also says a lot about the Lord in his faithfulness to you to bring her along, uh, to faith as well. Right. Which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, and I think, I think when she kind of started to see the, the, uh, well, it was authentic for sure, but you know, the sort of insanity that she was seeing in me, I'd use that word from probably from her perspective, you know, she started taking a really close look and we were going every Sunday and we were taking the kids and, you know, all the stuff. And then, you know, she made her own, her own decision, but, um, yeah, it was very cool the way, the way that all worked. And then we went to, you know, lots of small group experiences and, you know, have been through, uh, some serious spiritual development over this 30 years, both intentional, yeah. intentional and otherwise. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So, you went on to start kind of like really revamping your career and kind of doing that. Were there, so I want to, I want to bridge a gap because I eventually want to get to your the experience that you had a year ago or that kind of where you started to go deeper, right? Cause I'm sure there's, there's a lot of a story there. Take bridge those 20 years, right? So <laughs> what, what, what happened in there? Uh, there was just, in your, particularly in your walk with Christ that, that you look back and go, that was a really significant moment. And that was a, that was a time when God was speaking to me or something like that. Man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of them, but, but I would say that, um, and, and this is going to, I guess, foreshadow the conversation about where I'm at in the last year, but I, you know, over those 20, I would say, uh, and after the first couple of years and I did discipleship and I did all that stuff, um, I came to the wrong conclusion that, I had sort of done all the things, checked all the boxes, like, cool, I'm a Christian now. Like I graduated, like it's like having a, having a degree on the wall, you know? Um, and now I could go on about my life. And so I would say that my, my last 20 years uh, looked more like that 
Um, and uh, well, before we started this conversation, we were talking about yeah. John Mark Comer and some other things there where, you know, he explained some things in his, in his sermons that I didn't understand about stages of life and or stages of faith, I guess, and de uh, spiritual development. And, and I guess that's what I just described about those 20 years is probably true of a lot of Christians of like, I'm going to go try to walk this out in my life. I'm busy. I got kids. I got a job. I got all these things. I'm going to go try to, you know, go live it out. Um, but it, it ends up being, uh, I talk a lot about this concept of hand over fist, which can be applied in a lot of ways, but in this scenario, you, you had this fist over this fist, and now you got my life and my business and my money on top and the faith is coming, but it's behind versus, yeah. you know, faith on top. And then everything else takes a back seat, which is for sure where I'm at now. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, I also describe it to my, my, my pastor neighbor buddy as uh, Jesus in a next knapsack, I call it, where I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do my thing. I'm taking Jesus with me. He's in the backpack. Like, yes. here we go. Um, so yeah, that. Okay. So I hear a couple things in, as you're describing that season and it's, it's really, uh, they make me smile because I think you're not alone and also, your personality is very different from my personality. So I'm like, okay, this is how it goes. So I hear you saying in a way that you checkboxed your faith, right? You're like, hey, I we did that, we did that, we did that, and Christian, we're good to go, right? Because you're in a you're an achiever. You're a guy. You're gonna go get stuff done. You're gonna go. You're an entrepreneur. This is how you. This is how you do it, right? And it totally made sense for you to do that. And this is pretty normal, I think, for that stage of the journey. Like this is this is how we do it. This is this is it. We get okay. I learned the things. And I do it. Um, and yet, you know, Jesus doesn't want to be in a knapsack over your shoulder, right? Like, like you said, he wants to be walking with you. He's a, he's a with God, mm -hmm. right? So what started to help you understand that piece of who Jesus is? Um, I think I knew that, but I, I guess I didn't, it didn't go deep enough and it faded to, it just gets lost in the busyness of, of, if you let it, it gets lost in the busyness of life and business and everything else. And, and I think, um, in the, yeah, you know, I hate the C word COVID, uh, it's just a, you know, a, a yeah. season and a conversation that's hard for everybody. And that lots of people had different experiences with it, but for me, it was a, there was so much good and bad of that season. I was, I had been running a business up into COVID that um, was these conferences, event, an event-based business. And uh, Oh yeah. I bet that hit you hard. It did, but I was ready for it. I was like ready for a break and a change. And okay. at the time I sort of, well, after the initial like shock of it, I was like, Hey, this is actually okay. Um, from a business standpoint, uh, it was good for me to have a transition. Um, and then, you know, I ended up sort of fooling around for the, a couple of years, you know, toying with some different business ideas and one, one business idea in particular that I put a lot of time and money into. And, um, but, uh, long about a year ago, I stopped all of that and said, you know what, I'm, I'm at another inflection point. I'm, I'm going to make another significant shift in my life. And it wasn't necessarily, um, something I was doing intentionally for the Lord or with the Lord, but I went aggressively seeking, uh, God in that, in that moment, I guess, to my credit, like, you know, uh, never want to pat yourself on the back, I guess for that. But, um, but I, I went on a journey looking for like, what's, 
is there something more like what, what God, what do you want me to do next? You know, what's the next season of my life about? It was about a year ago. And, and my goodness, um, you know, he just sort of took me on a, on a, a roll, roller coaster uh, that has, you know, I've just landed in a pretty amazing place. I think where now I just don't care about anything else about not only my own faith, uh, but um, trying to, I didn't realize what a blessing this podcast was going to be because this literally is what I want the rest of my life to be is telling this story, helping mm -hmm. other Christians to, uh, to understand that the, the checkbox thing is not the deal. It's not, I'm good. I'm going to heaven. Now I go live the rest of my life. It's you no, know, there's 1 million levels of, uh, your relationship with Christ and the next level of spiritual development. And that's not a conversation that's all that prominent uh, in Christianity at all, uh, certainly not in the United States. And so, um, yeah, that's where I think I'm <laughs> pretty wild. Yeah, absolutely. See, so that's one of the reasons I started the show. I, I told you earlier, I definitely want to um, encourage people who go through the dark night of soul. That's a, that's a huge part of what we talk about. But the reason is because the spiritual journey, um, like I, I'm, the spiritual journey is well-documented, but in American evangelicalism, as a kid, the testimony that I got was always Jesus. My life was terrible. Then I met Jesus. Now my life is great. Right. But your life, your life was great. Then you met Jesus and then your life was, was greater, I guess. I don't know, but that's, that's the way we told the story and that's wonderful. And it's lovely except for all the other things that happen. Right. Because, because yeah. And, from and there, well, just the whole, I mean, really, I, I think what I've discovered in the last 12 months is with some, with some clarity is that that whole, that whole sandwich of whether it's terrible, Jesus, great, or great, Jesus, great. None of that is the appropriate conversation at all. Right. Right. It's just the G it's just the middle of the sandwich. It's just the Jesus part. Ooh. doesn't matter what happens, Amen. you know, good, good, Amen. bad. doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. That is exactly right. That is the um, the spiritual formation of the kingdom of God kind of view, mm -hmm. right? That, that ultimately, uh, it's only it's only him and what God is doing. I've been really fixated lately on this idea of um, Jesus in front of Pilate, right? So, like, I think in his passion, Jesus really gives us the best teaching about what the kingdom of God is like. And so, there, he says. Um, Pilate's kind of perplexed that Jesus doesn't care that who he is, right? He's like, don't you know who I am? Like, don't, don't you know? I've got the power of your life in my hands right here. And Jesus goes, you would have no power over me except for that which has been given from you to you from above. Whoa, okay. All right. That's a kingdom of God view of power and how we should think about it. Um, but it's very, very different, isn't it? And you kind of, and how we come to that, is varied, you know, in God's, in God's people. So I'm really curious about the season that you're in at the, at the moment. Was there, were there dominoes for you or was there like a, or was there an event or like, what was the thing you said over the last 12 months or so? What was the first thing that you felt like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta reconsider some stuff. Um, it was kind of both. Um, like I was saying, it was sort of a, a bit of a season through, through the COVID years where, I ended up yeah. kind of trying to figure out what was next, uh, which 
oh. which, you know, from a business standpoint, I was like, well, what am I going to do next? Cause I don't think I want to go back directly into the event space and here's yeah, so, five other So things. you had to slow down. I was forced to slow down by COVID. I was happy to have that slowdown. But as we come out of COVID, it's like, okay, well, now it's time to go. You know, I, I was lucky enough to have a bunch of uh, Zoom consulting and other stuff to do during COVID. So, um, but as we came out of COVID, I'm like, all right, well, what's what's the next piece of my entrepreneurial life? And um, and then so that was gradual, but the sudden was uh, I had some. Uh, fairly difficult, uh, relationship things that happened with people that I was in business with very difficult. I'm trying not to, not to tread too much on that, but there was, there was a, there was a significant, you know, uh, event or two that hurt me enough that it really stopped me in my tracks and made me go, you know what, I'm going to go take a really long, slow break and stop and reevaluate a bunch of things. And so, but that's what I'm saying is that the, one of the things that we don't talk enough about in the U S or in Christianity at all is when you hit those moments, uh, it, it really isn't God, please save me or God, please make this go away. It's more like, what, what are you trying to say? What's next? Like, I'm okay with, again, back to what we were talking about, it doesn't matter what happens, good or bad. Like, I'm okay with this. Tell me what you're, you've got my attention. Tell me what you want, want or trying to tell me. And mm-hmm. so I went to to him with that posture and he just blew my mind, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But how how did you know to go to him with that posture? I don't think I would have, if I'm being honest with, everyone here and myself, I don't think I would have if those relationship things had not, you know, caused me such pain. But I think, mm. I think the, that pain and uh, suffering is, is what drive, I, I think I, I'm pretty confident now that that's what, what drives that for people. And for me, and um, another guy that I've spent a ton of time listening to is a guy named Jamie Winship. I wrote a book called Live, oh, yeah. Living Fearless. And uh, that was one of the books that I read right at the beginning of that season. Um, and, and now I've listened to a million of podcasts of his and um, he talks about it all the times like pain and suffering is what is where you grow. I mean, you could grow in the good times, but you know, stop wishing there was not going to be any pain and suffering because a there is and B that's where the growth is going to come. from. Yep. Absolutely. I actually got to see Jamie Winship. Um, at our old church, he was there talking about uh, kingdom, like kingdom minded, you know, versus I forget what his exact term was empire, right? Empire, empire versus, yeah. And it was, it was really good, really, really insightful. Funny enough, it was at our church right after we had to leave for <laughs> some reasons. I was like, <laughs> mm, all right. what are you trying to tell me here, God? Yeah. But uh, it was, it was a really good, uh, really good conversation. Okay. So you, so yeah, pain, you went through this very, really painful experience, caused you to, take a different posture and to approach the Lord and to say, okay, you what, what do you got for me in this? Why is this happening? What's, what's going on? What was your experience? I'm really curious about, you said God blew your mind. Well, how did he, were there identities that he, that he took away from you? And were there, was there something he taught you about yourself? Man, I, I'm not, I'm not at all the same person that I was. 12 months ago, 
And it's not that that's, I think that's a cool part of the conversation that I want to share here and everywhere is that on a scale of one to a million, like I, you know, think I was a pretty decent guy and decent Christian and true believer and whatever. But, uh, my book that's coming out, is called dirty disciple. Um, and there's lots of, you know, that's, uh, I, I, was always con uh, fond of calling myself the worst of sinners. I think I did it in my bio to you. It's, you know, obviously, yeah. obviously a reference to the apostle Paul and, uh, that, you know, Hey, I, I'm just a guy, you know, trying to live my life and not that I, you know, uh, am excusing my sin or anybody else's, but, you know, um, not walking in it, doing the best I can. And, and so, uh, but this idea of, Hey, there's actually a thousand levels of spiritual development. There's, you know, a million steps closer to Christ that, that you can become. And, and that that is a, an active process that is accelerated by your effort. And the, that I didn't understand any of that. And now, you know, I think, you know, if I've taken a thousand steps closer and then this might make sense too. I was like, well, I just realized that I'm a thousand steps further than I thought, <laughs> you know, right. but lots and lots, Wait, and lots. Well, closer. That's the name of the show, halfway there. There you right? go. Like, so I tell people that it is a statement about the spiritual journey. That uh, so my, my third episode, my friend Bill Brown, I interviewed him, and he said something to the effect: "This is before the show even had a name." He said something like, uh, "I don't think we'll ever be able to exhaust the knowledge of an infinite God." Yeah, I was like, "Whoa, dude, you're so right. We will always only be halfway there." So that's where I got my name. Also, it's a little hat tip to Bon Jovi because. Uh, I'm a big fan. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, but that's, but yeah, absolutely. And so it's interesting as you, as you feel that call that pull into sort of deeper journey and that kind of like, what's God doing here? Where, where are we going? And what he's up to in the world is pretty, pretty fascinating to see. I love it too, because he uses, um, he uses people like that then, and, and your potential impact as a, as somebody who goes and gets stuff done, um, could be, could be kind of, kind of cool. Do you have any sense of like where that, where God's leading you, you there? You're, you're writing, you're doing some stuff like that. What, what do you think that looks like? Yeah, I do. I have, I got a lot that I'm doing. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to be really careful with it because I think part of, part of what, uh, I've been convicted about is uh the idea that um i'm i'm convinced now that you know god doesn't need me to do anything and you know i get uh there's lots of you know i run in the business space the entrepreneurial space there's lots of there's lots of sort of kingdom business and kingdom coaching and kingdom stuff mm -hmm. and like we're all going to go do this stuff for god and um and i think that i'm trying not to go get too hung up in all of that because i don't think God, I think God invites me in to do stuff, um, invites us in to do stuff, but I don't think he really needs me to do anything. So, um, one of the things mm. that I learned from Jamie Winship that I am hung up on is every day asking God, like, Hey God, who, who do you say I am? What do you want me to do? And then a deeper level of that is what am I doing that you didn't ask me to do? And, uh, what am I afraid of? I mean, all these questions. Wow. Uh, that I'm trying to constantly ask myself. So 
that was all a qualifier to say, yes, I think I know what I'm trying to do in terms of <laughs> building a business and a, and a quest around this. But, uh, but I'm trying to keep it in a place of like, whatever God, yeah, whatever yeah. God says, you know, but, but that said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm writing a book, I have a podcast, I have all these things that are in an effort to share the message that I'm sharing with you today to all of these people. And a, I think that will lead me to, you know, plenty of consulting business and whatever, but, but that's not the, I'm trying to put the mission first of sharing. This is what this is what's happened in me and here's how that could help you in right. your life and, and put the, let the business take a backseat. And, um, you know, I, I am pretty intentionally though, um, building, um, a way to help other Christians, um, share their, their God story through all of those platforms, write a book, newsletter, yeah. podcast, YouTube, all that stuff. I love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Okay. You said something that I, I just really have to hone in on because you're, it sounds like you're learning this practice. Maybe it's from Jamie Winship, but of asking and listening, mm-hmm. right? And listening to the Lord. Do you, what does hearing from the Lord look like for you? I'm glad you said that. Yeah. You know, Chris, I have to name him my, na- my neighbor, pastor, buddy. Um, we talk about this all the time. And I'm like, man, you know, I, I, it's been, in a massive amount of time um, speaking to the Lord, but there's not a lot of words in either direction. And, um, and that's, that's a new experience. That's a new level. That's a level of intimacy that um, I, I wonder, you know, what percentage of Christians find their way to. And, um, you know, I think, but I think if you're, if you're willing to, to, genuinely ask all of those questions on a daily, if not more so, um, and, and you, and you actually want to hear the answer. Um, it's coming, um, a multitude of ways. I mean, I, to me, I think the, the ways that comes the most is, uh, I, I see it happen around me. Like, you know, act humans will take actions that, I can immediately look at and go, Oh, I attribute that to God answering my, my inquiry. Um, because something specific happened around me. I love that the most because I'm like, yeah, that pro I can't see how that would have happened. Like that's, there's too much alignment to what I yep. was asking. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so fascinating. It is really interesting. I think I thought whether I was taught this or not, I don't know. I thought that listening to the Lord was always sort of verbal or audible or a burning bush or something, you know, and that's easy to, to do, but even that's not the witness of scripture, right. Of God's people. Some people have dreams. Some people see something, some people just God speaks to, and some people they show up and they're just watching the circumstances, right. Mm -hmm. They pray. I'm really, so one of the other um, events that I'm really, um, interested in is when they were trying to get a, a wife and I, I'll screw this up. Maybe it was it for Isaac. They were trying to get a wife and they, the servant goes out and mm-hmm. tries to Abraham. Yeah. And he, and he says, and he prays, God show me somebody. And then Rachel walks out. Right. Like, um, that is that like, it's, it's a witness all over scripture, which we just have to learn it. And we have to accept that that's the way that it is, that life with God is because he's a little bit unpredictable sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. He's a little, he's a little crazy. He's a little wild. I have a friend who said, will say, God is crazy. 
yeah, he's not, he's not contained. He's not, he's not going to check our boxes, right? Which is, we mm-hmm. love that because then we can have our orderly life and religion and set it all up the way we want, but he's not like that at all. No. And, and I, I, I'm so glad you said that, dude, we're going to have a two hour conversation here the, uh, <laughs> because that's the next level of it is first you have to, have to be willing to, to genuinely ask these questions. Then you have to be looking for the answer. Like I'm saying, it could happen around you. It could happen. You know, there could be a yep. million signs of it. So you have to be looking for that. And then you have to accept what's probably going to be an insane looking answer and be willing to be obedient to that. And right. what I see is like, that's the, the breakdown that, that has existed in me for 20 years. And I see in, in the current Christian experience is like, well, maybe I prayed about it, but then what I got back was weird and well, that can't be it. So I'm not going to do it. I'm like, well, then there's no obedience and we're <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. And what if you tried, like, what if you just did it? And then saw what happened. I can't tell you how many just jump. stories I've heard of people who just try weird things. I feel like I was telling me to, okay, let me t- I'll tell you a story from my life. I graduated seminary in 2009 and I was so excited because I literally, this was a season in my life where it was like, so, I was so busy. I was working full time. I was going to school full time. I had young kids and I was trying to do ministry because eventually I wanted to be a pastor. And I was like, somebody's got to, going to want me to have some experience. And so I was trying to do some of that. And, um, uh, I graduated as excited. I decided to buy myself a new Bible. This is my gift to myself. So I go to Life or Lifeway. Lifeway I don't yeah, remember. Lifeway. Back in the day, I don't think it was that. It was the other Mardell. Mardell oh. was the one. So I don't know if they're still around, but they, so I go over there. I'm looking around. And while I'm looking at the, the discount books or whatever, um, this dude comes up to me and he's like, I know this is weird. And I was like, okay already weird when you start with that line. He goes, I know this is weird, but I need to tell you something. I feel like God is telling me to to tell you this. And I forget exactly what he said. It was something along the lines of, you're going to go through some hard times, but God wants to use you. He does want to use you. And he's really pleased with where you've been or with what you've done, what you've accomplished, something like that. And, uh, I was, I had no context at the time for this, right? I, my head had been buried in scripture and Bible study and all that for 10, 15 years at that point. And, um, so I was like, okay, thanks, man. <laughs> That's great. And then I just forgot about it, you know, but then recently God's been bringing it up as like a, oh no, actually this, this was, this was him. But if that guy hadn't taken the step and take and had the courage, just go, oh, this is weird, but I'm going to tell this to this guy. It's random you know, guy at at the bookstore, what might've happened, right? I went into a season after that, that was really, was probably one of the darkest times of my life. And, but God was there, right? But God was there. And, and eventually through that, because I was there and not someplace else, God was able to bring out this kind of this podcast and some of the work that I do with other podcasters that I think is having, not only a, um, not only a impact today around the world because it's all our podcasts get listened to around the world, but I think we'll have an impact for centuries, right? Mm. Which I think is pretty pretty amazing, dude. I mean, I I think that people are the the biggest way that God talks, and it's always it's it's always weird people, but it's always like not the people that you <laughs> expected or weird situations and. Uh, uh, can I tell you, can I tell you a two minute story? Yeah. Tie in? 
do it. So, uh, it. this just happened recently. It's actually, it's in my, it's in my book, but, uh, um, uh, coming back from the airport and with my wife, we are on a red eye, whatever. It was like super tired. We had all this baggage and I left a bag at the airport, which is something after, you know, 30 years as a globe trotter, I've never done <laughs> left a bag at the airport coming home. We had Uber coming home. I stopped at Starbucks. There's, uh, there's a homeless lady at the Starbucks. I'm sure God said, Hey, I want you to go talk to that lady. And I'm 100% said no. And, <laughs> uh, and so it's like, you feel, did God really say that? Like, I'm sure he said it. And I'm sure I said, no. got my coffee and I left and, uh, get home and then realized I had left the bag. So day after next, I have to go all the way back to the airport, 90 minutes, get my bag. And I'm like, as soon as I knew that I forgot the bag, I'm like, that's, I'm on the list is God saying, I told you to go talk to her. So go back to Starbucks, talk to the lady, walk to her. My normal MO in that situation is like, here's some money. Love you. Jesus loves you. I'm out. Peace out. Check, the, mm-hmm. check the box. And, uh, so that was my plan. And, um, uh, anyway, somehow she grabs my attention enough that I like sat down and started talking to her. And 30 minutes later, this lady just blew my mind and it's a whole podcast to tell you the story. So I won't, but I just want to tie it into what you were saying. It's like, God was saying like, I have things to tell you through this person. All you have to do is say yes. And I did it. And then he was like, yeah. don't worry. I knew you were tired. I knew you were going to say no. So I left you, made you leave your bag. Anyway, I love that story. I'll give you another chance. Right. And you <laughs> yeah. did. Wow. I love that. Yeah. What, what do we miss? Because we're not paying attention. Right. Like I think that. that's one of my, and, and I don't want to even want to even put it that way. Maybe, maybe I should twist it and put a positive spin on it. what might we see if we are paying attention. Mm. Right. I think, and I think that's what we see God. That's what we see Jesus do. All, even the apostles, they learn that from him. They're paying attention. They're, they're, they're looking and talking to people, even the least of these, because they know the kingdom of God is everywhere. Right. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, one last touch on the thousand levels is like, well, what if they're the, the lady that I'm talking about at Starbucks, her name was Celeste. What if there was a thousand Celestes a day? And what if those were all gifts instead of the chores that we think they're going to be? Mm-hmm. And like, that's just that there just is no limit, right? You know, it took Jesus right. forever to get from point A to point B because of all the interactions. And yet we're like, no, nah, I can't stop it. I don't want to get stuck in traffic. <laughs> no. Yep. Yep. I love that. Okay. This is fast, fascinating and wonderful. I really appreciate you sharing all that. You have a lot of cool things going, including a book coming out. You mentioned a couple of times, Dirty Disciple. Where where are you going with that? Like, what do you, you tell us about that and kind of what you're hoping uh, people will get out of the book? Well, I think the, the, the big message is that, you know, there's a thousand levels of spiritual development. There is no end to it. Mm. Um, and how God uses circumstances of our life and all the different situations in our life to transform us. Um, he's going to do, especially, you know, if you're, if you're a believer, he's going to do that no matter what, he's going to do it a lot faster. If you participate, if you, if you swim in in his direction, you're going to get there much, much faster and go to much higher levels. And, and if you uh, get to the end and you didn't become everything that you were 
possibly capable of becoming. It's because you were not helping. <laughs> um, yeah. So all of that stuff. And, and the, you know, the, the dirty disciple title is, is also meant to be uh, helpful to people at every place they are in their journey to understand that um, all of it, all of this stuff, all of these thousand blessings a day are just, they're here today. You don't, you know, we all get here the, you know, it's uh, going to be a little cliche, the language of, well, you don't clean up to go to God, God cleans you up. But there's, you know, there's all these thousand levels of, of, of joy and blessing that are right there. And it's, it's not work to get there. Um, you know, yeah. that. Yeah. It's actually a pleasure to get there. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. Um, and yes, sometimes it's through suffering. Sometimes it's through repentance and realizing what we're, what we haven't done, sins of omission and commission and all that, but it's always good because he is good. Mm. Yeah. I love that. That's it. All right, Matt, boy, I love this. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing uh, some of your story. I'm really excited to see uh, where it goes from here. Where can people find you, first of all? Yeah, uh, my uh, consulting business is at uh, CertainSuccess.com. That's the name of my consulting company. And um, I write a daily uh, newsletter there that you can subscribe to. It's just a few hundred words a day on, on these, this subject matter. Um, and my podcast is called Certain Success. Um, very much got an entrepreneurial bent, but, you know, uh, uh, all the... All the Jesus stuff, spiritual formation and the like. Yeah. I love both. So that's definitely a podcast for me. I'm definitely a, uh, you know, spiritual formation and entrepreneur. So I love, I love that. I'll be checking it out. Uh, friends, make sure you go get that. You can get certain success wherever you get your podcast. You're probably in the app right now. So just flip over, go ahead and get that and sign up, subscribe right now. Matt, is there anything you want to leave us with? No, man, I'm very grateful. Like I said, it's been, this conversation has been a, a huge blessing and um, uh, grateful to you for what you're doing. Can't wait to meet you soon uh, at the uh, Denver yeah. conference coming up. That's going to be great. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you.